Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have a fabulous show lined up, our post-Kosher Fest lineup. So stick around. We have two fabulous guests for you to hear all about their exciting new foodie adventures. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef, a cookbook author, chop competition coordinator, <laughs> I guess. Um, and anytime you you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. I cook for people for Shabbos, for Yonsef, for Pesach. Yes, now that it's Kislev, I'm already getting Pesach phone calls. How crazy is that? So I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my exciting food adventures, kosher food, traveling, and sharing a great recipe and food ideas. But I want to hear about your experiences too, where you ate, what you made, so uh, you can email me. I've got my email address back up and running again. It was a, I didn't realize it was down a little. So uh, if you've been trying to reach me on my Nachum Siegel address, I will start addressing everyone's emails again. Uh, so it's near me at NachumSiegel.com and you can join me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, I think. <laughs> I, left, I left one out, right? It's okay. Every week I leave one out. Um, okay, so a little bit of a roundup uh, from the last uh, show. Um, since we did our Kosher Fest show, I jumped on a plane to California. I ran a chopped competition, uh, which is a food cook. You know, for those who don't know what chopped is, it's basically a, it's a show on TV. I kind of uh, decided let's bring this into the Jewish community, not the TV show, but the concept of a cooking competition. And people are doing it for Matzah Shabbos activities, birthday parties, office parties, fundraisers. So I did one for Tom Chay Shabbos in LA. Big shout out to the Tom Hay at Los Angeles uh, Tom Hay team. You are amazing. We raised tons of money and it was a great night. But of course, you know, when I go to LA, I just think food, food, food. Some people think Hollywood stars and the the Chinese theatre and the stars on Rodeo Drive. No, I just want to – where am I going to eat? So um, just want to give a shout-out to the California restaurants um, that I got to choose – that I chose to eat at. So the Tierra Sur – the winery at Baron Herzog up there in Oxnard. Amazing. Chef Gabe Garcia, you are my food hero and you are amazing because a lot of your menu, which is always changing and it changes every season and I wish all the restaurateurs would catch on to that, change up your menus every once in a while. But he uses seasonal and local ingredients. So he finds the local farmers and the lo- and use local ingredients and he sources them and he brings them into the restaurant. So when you go in, like I did in the fall, mid-fall, like, you know, late mid to late fall, you're going to get all the kale and the butternut squash and cranberry, all this, those those flavors are going. And if you go in the spring, you're going to get all the arugula and all the fun spring stuff. So it depends on the time of the year that you go, but the menu was amazing and always changing. And they paired all the wines with it. So that was a really great treat. Um, we stopped on the way up to the winery. We stopped. We took the Pacific Coast Highway and we stopped at the Fish Grill in Malibu. We watched the sun go down um, over the Pacific Ocean. It was gorgeous. While we ate our kosher fish tacos. Like it was a really cool foodie experience. Uh, we ate a Pizza 180. You choose your sauce. You choose your toppings. You choose your cheese. It was unreal. I've never seen anything like that. And it's all cooked in 180 seconds. I guess the Pizza 180 gives that away, but it was really interesting. And, of course, Delice Bakery, always a favorite of mine, real French patisserie uh, right here in uh, America. I think it might be one of the most one of the most authentic uh, French, uh, French bakeries around. So that was really great. Um, so a little shout-out to those restaurants. And Kosher Fest was great, ZK, hey? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't know if he has a microphone there, but we had a lot of fun uh, at Kosher Salt Blocks, Himalayan Salt Blocks, um, um, Heritage Farms has got, um, uh, what do you call it, um, Fragua that's going to be coming on the market in America. Big shout out and thank you to Abels and Hyman for supporting the Kosher Feast Dinner and, of course, running the table for two from the booth. We had a great time with Seth and then we had the competition uh, for the best dressed hot dogs, we had five 
uh, super talented creative chefs that had to decorate a hot dog because, you know, it's all about food photography now. It's not what you eat. It's what it looks like. How crazy is that? You go to a restaurant. Nobody digs in right away. You've got to take 42 shots first from every different angle, make sure it matches what you're wearing, you know. So uh, we, we definitely I got to be a little bit a part of that. Nachum hosted the competition. So a big thank you to Abels and Hyman for that. Uh, quick shout out to Granola Chick. Love you. I got to get you in on the show. And Hardcore Snacky, Esther Klein, you are my new foodie hero <laughs> as well. I You are hilarious and I love your concepts and we will be talking to you in the next couple of weeks. Okay, I can catch my breath now. That was a really long intro. It was a big week last week, really big week for uh, Table for Two and uh, I guess myself as well. Um, in the house, in the studio right here today, we have uh, Pele Poultry, Eliezer Franklin. We're going to be talking with him and also later in the show, Rory Weisberg back on the Lower East Side. We're going to catch up on some history with her full and free business and we're going to schmooze and talk and catch up. So I hope you're hungry, guys. I know that Thursday, you're listening to this on Friday morning, but we're actually meeting on Wednesday today because no one could come in on Friday morning this week. So we are meeting here on Wednesday. Uh, pretty crazy weather, hey, today. <laughs> That's New York in November. Okay. All right. Um, so Eliezer Franklin is uh, work, owns with his father, along with his parents, father, um, Pele Poultry. So welcome to the studio. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, good, good. We we actually interviewed Elias last year live from Kosher Fest, but um, I said, no, you got to come into the studio. This is all the the background, the iconic studio. So we need you. We need you in here. Let's talk about the history of Pele Poultry. So, Pele Poultry was founded by my father about thirty years ago. Wow. The main focus of Pella still today is home delivery. We are a primarily poultry plant, chicken, a little bit of turkey. We, we're the smallest, slowest, most meticulous plant. Our focus is kosher. We cater to what we call the educated consumer in kosher, okay. those who want something better, something that goes the extra mile to assure that what they're getting is had no shilas, no questions, no human error and stuff like that. Um, that's what we were founded on about thirty years ago, and till today, that's what we're that's what we're doing. Okay, so people can buy your chicken. I had no idea you did chicken. Yes. Um, I mean, the word poultry should give it away, but I've <laughs> I know I know your sure. duck is. So we biggest. do home delivery only with our chicken products. Oh, okay. Correct. So we're not in stores. So I have to call you up and say, Elisa, I like six. Do you do custom we, meats? Do, do, do custom cuts? We do any cut you can possibly imagine in a chicken. We're doing it. We only deliver to certain areas. That's the downside. Oh, so it. maybe you're not coming to Long Island. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we do a little bit. but not A much. little bit. Yeah, I, I'm sure. And and where? where if Our primary customer areas? base is Muncie, Lakewood, Bar Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, a couple of other little outlying areas. Oh, interesting. Oh, and do you have eggs as well? Because eggs, eggs. We don't. Okay. Because um, farm fresh eggs are like very hot right now. <laughs> like That's true, but we're not there yet. Okay. All right. It's branching out. You've got always something new in the works. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, we've been, we've been playing with selling duck eggs to restaurants. It's been oh. going pretty well, but not regular eggs to the regular Does a market. duck egg taste different than a chicken egg? Creamier. Creamier. Healthier? Rory Weisberg? Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yep. Please pipe him. We overuse eggs so much. Not, not necessarily overuse, but because we use them so much, many people have developed allergies to them. So Really? Yeah. So very often when people are eliminating eggs for a period of time and then introducing it back, they're suggested to use non-chicken eggs. And there's a lot of other interesting health benefits to different eggs. Yeah. yeah. There you go, I Ellie. just knew that they were... Oh, they're bigger. I just knew that they're larger. Right. And the yolks are much richer. Richer, right. Yeah, Which is, well, the yolk is where all of the nutrients are. Right. I like that whole idea of throwing the yolks out because that's where, like, the fat, which we've been taught is so d- bad for us, that's the opposite. Yeah. That's where all of the gold that's, is. 
Uh, right, golden colour eggs. eggs. It's the right. golden nutrition. Right. I love yolks. I could yeah. eat them. Oh, totally, they're super healthy. So yeah, I for think there'd be a great. Yeah, so yeah, I live in Muncie. Maybe we can get some. Uh, I could try some duck eggs. That'd be great. Duck eggs. Oh, you. I get, would love to. And get chicken. Yeah, I want to hear more about this chicken. What is it? I see on your packaging here. It says antibiotic free, no growth hormones. Yeah, is that, is that is the same correct. for the chicken? Yes. Good question, Rory. I like that. Well, that's what I'm into. So. Yes, but again, our, <laughs> although we do have a great product, mm-hmm. right? We brand our chicken, our whole, you know, everything that we're doing is for the costress of it, not so much the quality of it. And that's really where the whole duck thing comes in is a byproduct of costress. If you're focusing so much on costress, the byproduct of that is quality. Okay. So you end up with a cleaner product, a fresher product. and People in the non-Jewish world who don't really understand kosher, all they think it means is something healthy and quality. Mm-hmm. You know, they know it's something special. Right. You know, we know it's got a bit more meaning behind it, but it's... And that it's been blessed. Right? Then it's been <laughs> blessed. Our rabbi will bless it for you. <laughs> I've heard that a That's lot. That's correct, yes. Okay, so how did you get into the duck? So we we operated under a state exemption for many, many years until 2011. I, uh, sorry, actually, it was two, 2013. We came under USDA, and in order to help, in order to help cover the cost, the the added cost of processing under USDA, we were looking for other sources other of avenues. revenue. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> other avenues to take. And because we're so slow and meticulous in our process, we were very suited to be able to process duck. Why it takes a long time? Yes, it's a, uh, it's. At least half the speed of chicken. It's much slower, what, much more like everything sh- about it. It's a bigger bird. They're much harder to clean, right? Everybody knows, right? You expect right. to buy a duck and it's going to be hairy, right? Right. Okay. Um, Your ducks very, are not hairy. A lot less. A lot less. I'm not going to say that they're free. Can, but. Yeah, but can I just, I made last week, I, if anyone follows me on Instagram, I did a whole, I called the Shabbos of Duck, and I did a whole bunch of your really? different duck products. Okay. And um, when I opened up this package here, and we're going to talk about some of the package products he has of the duck uh, butcher's cut, I didn't see not one hair. Right. So we do, because of our speed, because of the amount of labor that we put into it, we have the ability to clean them a lot better. It doesn't always work out that way, but for the most part, we have a very clean product, and we like to pride ourselves for having the cleanest kosher duck. I love it. Um, and that kind of just it just started with a few shritas, and it just grew and grew, and now we're shechting ducks every week. Every week, amazing. What's with goose? Can I just ask about that? You could. I do get requests every now and then for goose. Goose, are, Goose is kosher, guys. That's why I'm asking. That's correct. So, A, they're extremely expensive. Right. So, nobody wants to pay the price. Right. And they're they're very hard to clean. Okay. They're a very stubborn animal, and they're tough. Very, The meat is very tough. Uh-huh. They're so, meaning like chewier or gamier or both? Both. Uh-huh. I've, I've had goose before. In Israel, you get a lot more. You probably could. <laughs> and usually after we sell the goose... The customer then complains that it was so tough and dirty so, and all that. So it's just something. It's that not worth it. It's not worth it. We've kind of shied away from it. Uh-huh. I once saw a goose years. for sale in a supermarket. And it said forty four dollars. I'm like, oh my god, that's such a good price. But the tag was folded over a little a bit. Pound. Was a hundred and forty four dollars for the goose. <laughs> or, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. No, it's it's just and they're seasonal. You can only get them once a year. Oh, okay. So okay. Every once like in that. a while, I'll get a request like. Uh, someone will email me, where do I get a kosher goose from? I'm like, I don't know. We get, we get those requests every now and then. And I've sent them to Grow and Behold or R.E. White. This is before I knew you. So yeah. um, so hopefully next spring we might do some. Okay. But Special we'll requests. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So besides the whole duck, which is so traditional, we always see the vacuum pack uh, ducks sold in the freezer section at any local kosher supermarket. You can always get duck. Correct. You've done something completely different. That's correct. So what we are trying at Pella is to reinvent duck. We're trying to get duck on every menu. We want people to think. Every shopper's table. Exactly. We want when somebody is putting together a menu, we want them to think duck as an option. Just like chicken and beef, 
now there's a third option that everybody should be thinking of. And what we did was we took the pachka out of the out of the whole creating duck and created first the butcher's cut, which is the boneless duck breast, two boneless duck breasts and two duck legs. Right, it's a duck cut up. So it's already been cut, it's already been cleaned and trimmed, ready to come out and just throw into the oven or sear it and do whatever you want to do with it. So there's no more mess, no more pachka with right. it. Right, and what I like about it, you have recipes on every box Correct. because I, I've, I've, you know, I do cooking for a living, and duck still scares me a little bit. So every time I make one of your ducks, I find one of the three or four me- recipes on the back of the box, and I, I follow one of those. I, the duck breast, I know what to do. I've actually got a recipe in my cookbook <laughs> for Pesach uh, about um, duck breast. The other thing, you know, chicken. Chicken is very forgiving. If somebody overcooks it, it's still edible. Duck. Well, I know that's uh, up for <laughs> argument here, but duck is. But when it comes to duck, <laughs> it has to be cooked just right, and yeah. if it's not, it's unedible, and Tough you just waste a yeah. you just waste a lot of money. Right, right. It's like overcooking a steak, and there went your twenty dollars gone, gone in, the, in garbage. the garbage. So that's why we put recipes on the back. No, I think both it's... to give people an idea on how to use it, but also. Make sure that it's cooked properly, that they can actually enjoy right. it. And we were talking and before. I took I took a bunch of uh, cooking classes. You, I don't know. I was I was documenting it on my radio show as I was doing it at CKCA, which is no longer around. Now they have the Kosher Culinary Center in Flappish Avenue. But I I had learned from the chef that was teaching us. I spent four weeks in this culinary course, um, and we did duck one day. And he said, duck is not poultry. Duck is waterfowl, and goose. Goose and duck are waterfowl, and chicken is poultry. So that's why you can eat duck on the rare side. You can't eat that's rare right. chicken. You'll that's die. Right. Yes, duck <laughs> but, has to be rare. Right, there you go. So I know I heard a story of someone who ordered duck at a restaurant. I don't want to say the restaurant because I can't remember exactly which one he said. And the, uh, he said, I want my duck, but I want it overcooked, you know. And the chef came out and said, I'm really sorry. I won't overcook my duck for you. I'm not going to ruin my reputation. Um, so pick something else off the menu. And the guy had to eat. The chef refused to overcook the duck. Very smart. <laughs> yeah, smart yep. man. Yes. Um, and now what we did was well, we've had lots of requests over the year for only legs or only duck breast. And, yeah. And we were getting complaints of people that they wanted to make a recipe with just duck breast. Like or, from Perfect for Pesach, you just need the duck breast. That's correct. Or if somebody wants to do a pulled duck meat, they would use the legs to confit, but then they have to buy the breast as well. So we just launched now a product which will hopefully be in stores by Hanukkah. Oh, excellent. Of just the breast and just the legs. I love that. So this way, if somebody wants to confit, they can buy only the legs. If somebody wants to pan sear, they can buy only the breast. Oh, fantastic. That's actually really good because <laughs> yes. I use a lot of duck breasts. So the bottoms sometimes, you know, I cook them up and eat them, but I'd rather have the tops. That's correct. And but now I like the idea of the pulled duck. I didn't know that. Yes. You do that when the bottom? Yes. You just confit it on the… No, um, you want to confit it until the meat uh, falls apart. On on the stove top? Um, the oven is probably the easiest. Do we want to tell our audience? I'm pointing to the camera. Well, <laughs> um, what confit means? Well, we can actually because I hear them asking, "What's confit?" <laughs> well, if, Rory, right over there, our guest is asking, well, "What, what is confit?" What we could do is, instead of telling you about what confit is, you just buy it and it's right on the back of the box. Okay, <laughs> as a recipe for confit. Yes, and the instructions for it. Basically- so confiting is basically cooking duck in its own fat for a long period of time until the meat is tender and falls off the bone. Okay. And then you keep the duck fat, and then you roast your veggies That's correct. in the duck fat. So, no, no, to I'm not make it, I'm like into fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so to make it, I make French fries in that duck makes fat. Makes you full. Yeah. That's correct. So on a commercial, what we would do as a commercial product, we would actually fill a kettle full of duck fat and then cook the legs in it. But at home, just put it in a pan, cover it, stick it in the oven, and let See, it render itself and cook in its own. That fat. means let out all the fat. That's correct. So how long would you cook it for? Probably about four hours. Wow. Uh, on what temperature? So, He's reading the back of the box. Exactly. I love it. I love it. I don't. 
No, it's good. I don't know any recipes by heart. Oh, I don't have a cookbook. I refer to my own cookbook all the I'm time. I'm always looking online at my stuff. I know. I'm like, what did I do? Oh, the, I my lotus butter bars on, on kosher.com. I'm like, oh, how did I make this again? I'll pull off my own recipe. 100%. Yeah, so you'd cook it on a low temperature, about 225. For four hours. For four hours. You know that I'm mm. going to be having now for Shabbos. Totally. Pulled pizza, pulled, uh, pulled duck pizzas. Oh, Although that's not my favorite way of... Okay, what's your it? favorite way? My favorite way? Uncovered, 90 minutes. At three fifty, nothing on it. Just after, the bottoms. After, Just the bottoms, not the tops. That's correct. Okay. Mm. After again, after thirty minutes, you can pour off the fat, save it for later use, and then put whatever you want on it. If you want to do a, a la orange, I just take classic. You can do a. I just whatever jam I have in the fridge, I just brush it on. That's correct. Duck pairs very like? well with. I've never had duck in my life. Really? No. Uh, wait. It's just different. Of course, right we're going to. Right now. Right now. <laughs> Wednesday morning. It's salty. It's just gamey. It's gamey. It's different. It's not. It's like it chicken, week. beef, duck. It's just different. It's delicious. Do you like yeah. lamb? Yes. Okay. Then you, you, you can. And, and goat cheese? I don't eat dairy, so I haven't had. I, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not yet. You haven't. Not no, yet. I don't digest it. Uh, so, yeah. Duck, I will try. Yeah, no, but so if you can handle the gaminess of lamb, you can definitely handle the gaminess of duck. It's delicious. Again, if it's overcooked, it'll taste like chicken. Okay. So my so my daughter walks into the house. My <laughs> nine-year-old is not a big duck person. She says it has a very distinct smell. Little foodie. Yes, my wife will attest to that. <laughs> right. So so she walks into the house. So I was saying when I did Shabbos of duck, I happen to have had some duck bones left over because I waste nothing from duck. So even when I make a whole duck and we cut it up and serve it, I save the backbone of the duck and I save the neck of the duck. I freeze it and then I sometimes throw it in chicken soup. Mm-hmm. And then she, she won't eat that chicken soup. Like she does not like that because she can smell it as she's coming to the house off the school bus. She smells it outside <laughs> the house. So it's definitely one of those – duck is definitely one of those things that you – you know, a whole duck or chick, chick, the, the duck pieces mm-hmm. is something you, you know – you either love duck or you're like, uh Exactly. And and like I was just to continue, like what I was saying is the easiest way. You just uncovered ninety minutes. Halfway through the cook, drain off whatever was rendered, all the fat, and put any sauce you want on it. I love it. Again, there's we have different uh, recipes on the back of the box. You can make your own. And what a, and, and the whole duck as well? We should just li- So whole duck cooks very differently because you have the breast and the legs cook different. All right. I've never been a fan of cooking a whole duck. Okay, Although it's got, doable and people do it. Yeah, I'm doing it for Shabbos. <laughs> I've defrosted one that you sent me. We're going to have a whole sh- – because our friends love duck. That's so I said, another duck Shabbos. You know, my husband also loves it, so it's good. It's a good holiday weekend to, you know, celebrate. And I save all the duck fat for Hanukkah. That's – there you go. All right, there you go. All right. So yeah, just like Naomi Nachman does not like to waste any duck parts mm-hmm. or any, anything of it, neither do we. And that's why we launched our line of duck sausages and duck rillette and duck fat. Let's, so, let's bring the duck fat and the rillette over. I, these are by far, well, the rillette, I would tell you, is definitely by far my favorite product of what we're making. People don't know what to do with it. People yeah. have no idea what to do with duck rillette. They don't oh. know what it is. They're afraid of it. Chopped liver but duck. No, there's no liver in it. No, I'm just saying it's like pate. It is a pate made of duck meat, of confit duck, duck meat, full, know, bursting with flavor. The best thing you do is just smear it on the challah. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah, it's got a well. I will correct Naomi on this one. Something crunchy. Really? Yes. Like my challah crusts are crunchy. Yes. Okay. Uh, toast points, crackers. Okay. Or challah crust. Or oh, challah crust. <laughs> I'm losing my sound here a little yes, bit. Yes, but it's got to be it's got to be something uh, crunchy, and then you it pairs amazingly with apricot jam and mustard. Oh, really? So I should make like a little charcuterie board. That's with what it. We, yes, and that's how I. So jam. What open. what would be your favorite jam flavor? Apricot. Apricot. Apricot jam. Apricot jam. Yes. Okay. So a little apricot jam, a little bit of what kind Look, of mustard? Just a good seeded. Seeded mustard. It's just something that is more mustardy. Mustardy mustard. <laughs> As opposed to a yellow mustard. A yellow mustard. Okay, let's talk about the duck fat. Duck fat is really probably the best oil fat that anybody should be using. 
Okay, yes. Rory wants to check all that so out. It's yeah. it's a healthier fat. It actually has a, a higher smoke point than vegetable oil and olive oil. Oh, really? Yes. And it is a great replacement for butter. Okay. So if you're... Like you should have... you have, have a flacic recipe that calls for butter... I mean, in other words, if you have a recipe that calls for butter, but you want to use it at a flechic meal, put duck fat in it. Really? How about duck fat on with Vegemite on toast? It's an Because I have butter on toast with Vegemite. That's so Australian. Everyone's like, ah. But for me, it's delicious. I grew up on it, but, oh, yes. okay. We'd have so you to... could put duck fat on toast with some salt, and it's, it's heavenly. Ah, yes. okay. I would totally try that. Yes. And it lasts forever, well, no, though. Well, this has to be refrigerated. Yeah, it should be refrigerated it, even before it's open. Correct. Legally. Okay. okay. It officially, it has. I right. Officially, will last about two years on the shelf, not refrigerated. Hmm. But I'm not allowed to tell you that. Um. By the way, like <laughs> the, the duck duck confit actually came around, and maybe correct me when I'm wrong, is because they needed to store in France. They needed to store their meat before refrigeration. That's correct. So they would put their Duck away for the wit, like in the well, summer or in in packed in fat, and that's how we would stay fresh without refrigeration. That's correct. Well, confit was was a process used to preserve almost any meat, right? And they would render it; they would cook it in its own fat, and then the fat seals it. Okay. So it, it lasts a while. There you go. Might Re-yet. seal your arteries too, but you know. No, not duck fat. You wouldn't have that. Are you really? It's not as okay. That's really interesting. I mean, okay. you, know, when, you know, too much of anything will exactly. too much of anything will kill anything. Right. So, a little but um, toast the riet itself is also a traditionally was was uh, it was a French method of preserving meat. I love it. It's absolutely fabulous. All right, let's talk about the duck the duck uh, the duck fry. Some people call it duck bacon. You know, it's become so popular to have the kosher. Kosher bacon, you know, the, the with, with beef or lamb, and now we have it with duck. Yes. So the duck fry that we're creating here is probably the most, is probably the closest to the real McCoy um, from those who have had both. Right. <laughs> um, it is also a product that is not as fatty as the other kosher yeah, bacons seen. on the market. And yes, I'm not going to. You it don't now. lose as much weight when you're when you're frying it. As no, and <clears throat> there's no sinews in it. There's no you know the whole thing is is edible. Right. I know when I've done the um, the the beef fries that I mm-hmm. put brown sugar on, I put it in the oven to like crisp up and you know get that bacony. Yeah, so the majority of that fat disappears. Disappears <clears throat> and the meat disappears and you don't have a lot left. But with this, so with this, obviously it shrinks, but not as much because that the fat on the duck fry is actually the skin. Right, oh, I love crispy So it doesn't duck it doesn't just disappear. <laughs> yes. So great. Elias, this is so great talking to you. I think everyone's really learning about duck right now. And these are available in most local kosher supermarkets across the country. And if you live in a place, we have a lot of listeners in South Carolina and parts of Florida and Chicago. and Or, I mean, Chicago has tons of kosher supermarkets. But if you're, say, from South Carolina and you're listening to Table for Two and they hear about you, where can they get your well, duck products? they could get it online. Telepoultry.com? Yes. Oh, yay. And if there is a kosher supermarket... In their area, email us, let us know, and we'll make sure to get it there. Fantastic. I think we should do a giveaway. What do you want to give away? You tell me. How about some <laughs> duck? I was talking to Nicole. We thought it would be a cute idea too. I'm, I'm game. Game? Yes. Game for no gaming. pun intended. Yeah. All right. So if you'd like to. So we uh, can do a basket of all, all of our products. Assorted, assorted, sure. assorted products are for Pele Poultry. You have to email me, Naomi, at nachamsegal.com. Follow Pele Poultry. Of course. Follow Nachum Siegel Network, and we will get some duck out to you if you are the winner of this fabulous contest. So make yes. sure you follow Pele Poultry because they they've always got something going on there, and it's always.
fun Never to see all the new products. Never a dull moment. Well, thank you so much for coming well, thank down. Thank you so much for inviting us. My and pleasure. And we'll being a fan of again. our product. Oh, I'm a huge fan. A huge, huge fan. So Thank you so much. Okay, and those sausages, the apricot ginger sausages on the appetizer menu for uh, our, I, our uh, Shabbos dinner. Have you had them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Really? Yeah, you sent me them and the the plain one and the cherry one. Have you had the merguez? No, not yet. I think that'll That's be my favorite one. I think it'll be for Shabbos. I don't like spicy, so I was a bit nervous, but our friends that are coming for Shabbos like spicy, so I'm going to go. probably serve yeah. up the last batch of this. Yes, we tried to get a balanced uh, area of flavors. It's so cool. We have it's so cool. Cover all the market. It's great. It's Thank unreal. You. Duck sausages. All right. Thanks Very so much. Thank all you. right. Take care. All right. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have been fun in the studio. We're going to do a switcheroo. Uh, Rory's going to come sit here. Eliezer is welcome to stay if he'd like to uh, and schmooze up with us for the rest of the hour. What an exciting show. Um, I have, I've always loved duck. My, duck in Australia is actually a really big treat. You have to special order. And you know what you have to special order? Turkey. In America, we get turkey everywhere, all the time. Um but in Amer- in Australia, you need to special order a turkey, and it's super, super expensive. But, um, you know, it's definitely something you do as a treat for Rosh Hashanah. Of course, I don't have uh, Thanksgiving. By the way, I just want to tell everyone while they're switching around, I came to America 26 years ago on Thanksgiving. That year was December 28, 1991. So that's this is my 26th anniversary of being in the United States, and I met my husband one year later on Thanksgiving. So I, you know, I, I'm always thankful to Hashem. It's, you know, every day we do Thanksgiving to Hashem, but Thanksgiving that I came to America, started a new life and met my husband and, you know, I always, always enjoy a Thanksgiving weekend, especially this weekend. I'm so tired. I don't say that too often, but I'm really looking forward to a nice long extended weekend kicked off right now on Wednesday after the show. So, um, it's going to be great. Rory, in and the house. Yay. You are back on the Lower East Side. It's amazing. How crazy is that? I'm just going to put these over here. Um, it's very nostalgic, hey? It's so amazing. I haven't been here since, let's see, my we moved when my daughter was two, and now she's turning 16. I mean, I would think I was like she's here 16. driving. Yeah. Oh, my God. The baby that was crazy. born. I know. It's totally Thank you. Are you leaving this for us, Eliezer? This is yes. for Okay. These are for me, these samples. For you. Okay, fantastic. He's leaving us some um, swag bag over here because you need to try I'm some totally, of this. I'm totally, I'm making yeah. duck for Shabbos. Yeah, okay, good. And I, I'm, I'm doing something with that duck bacon special yeah, I told I'm him. Excited. I'm going to totally going to try it. Um, yeah, so as we, I'm sorry yes. I interrupted no, you. No, no, so, Yeah, it's nice to be back, right? It is. It's ve- You know, it's, it's very nostalgic to come back to a place where, you, you know, I had my two first kids here. You know, I got married. I moved down here. And it's just it's Rory, amazing. Rory is my daughter's teacher. Yeah. <laughs> first grade, Basiaka of the Lower East Side. Isn't that crazy? A long time ago. Now she's in graduate school and married. <laughs> I don't feel old. <laughs> right? It's really like. It's crazy. It's it's really great to walk down Grand Street. Delancey Street's completely changed. The, even Grand Street changed so much. It, like all the new awnings and everything. Yeah. No more pizza store. Shalom, yeah. Shalom Chai. What was it called? It okay. was all the way down. Shalom Chai, Grand Deli, and then it was Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah, well, big changes. That's fine, fair. That's fine, fair. Fine, fair. Right underneath I, the studio has not changed. No. Do you know if they still have the babysitting room in my building where we always to take our the kids? community room? Yeah, I think I'm gonna like go check it out. They and, still and have is still Bas here. Yakov, I'm, yeah. go, I'm totally we going by after. Rebetz and Rachel Khan, you are a star. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm really planning afterwards to go yeah, say hi yeah. everybody. It's, it's very nice. It's really yeah, very nice to be down here. So, so Rory and I, we we knew each other. We both. I left the Lower East Side. She was here a little bit longer. I think. A little bit, very soon. When did you leave? Um, 14 years ago. So yeah, we left probably around. We were in the same right time, you, yeah. and we did not see each other. I heard for you from Cheryl Freeman because yeah. you you guys stayed in touch. I'm not so good at saying. And then our paths crossed in the foodie world. How crazy is that? And Mishpacha, I think. And Mishpacha, yeah. I love working with Hani Nyman. Can She's, we just give her a big shout I out? I love Hani. I love Hani as a as an editor and just as a as a person. person. She's such a role model. I know, and you know, she's so mature and young. Like I. Always in awe of her. So really, honey, I don't know if you're listening right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you the link to watch mm-hmm. and listen. But we're both sending you hugs and kisses and you're a role model for for, for everyone, us and, and really Kali Yes. And what you do for Kosher and the Mishpacha magazine is great. So yeah. um, In a very elegant, classy, really refined way. It's really special. 
I love how she put that. That was really nicely said. Okay, so Rory, tell us about, you know, you left the Lower East Side, you, you moved around while your husband was in school, and how did you end up doing what you're doing? Great question. Um, so it's actually kind of what was so beautiful about coming here today is like sort of to see the beginning. When I lived here, um, I had my two first young children, and when I started having babies, I started developing certain you know, just just some symptoms, health issues, a lot of digestive issues, and just really struggled for years and not finding solutions. Went to lots of different doctors, tried lots of different things, and eventually I fell upon the world of functional medicine and integrative nutrition. And the con- big, word. big words. Big words. And what, um, is what is that? So, it, well, you know how, like in regular medicine, we've got all these specialists, right? You have your gastroenterologist, your rheumatologist, mm-hmm. your endocrinologist. A functional doctor is uh, they, they they you can either go to ones that are from an MD perspective or from more an alternative perspective. There's both, um, and I actually went to both. I have two doctors. Um, and they look at the body as a unit. It's really like the opposite of a specialty. You can go in with different symptoms that seem to have nothing to do with each other, and their job is to connect the dots and look for the root of it. The other thing that functional doctors do is they really believe that the body can heal itself by itself, and that when we change diet, lifestyle, change uh, like, like habits and just different, different attempts to improve our lifestyle to really be in line with real health, um, then a lot of things can be reversed. And I was very weary, to say the least, when I heard about it and thought it was crazy. And that's why when people think I'm crazy, I'm like, I get it. It's fine. You can think I'm crazy because I thought it was crazy. And when I started doing my research and I looked at what the approach was, I remember saying, there's just no way I'm doing that. Like, there's just no way. Um, but then I got really desperate enough that I felt I owed it to myself and my family to try. So I gave myself a two-month um, trial. trial, and I said, if after two months I see zero improvement, I am stopping. And by three weeks, I already saw a tremendous improvement. So this is a diet? It is. Um, well, it no, was. Not like yes. a diet to lose no, weight yes. diet, a change it's a, it's a eating reset. diet. It's a reset. It's an elimination process where you're pretty much eliminating all processed foods, but also anything that can cause inflammation in the system and the whole concept behind it is that the gut is really the core of our body and is the second brain of the body and when the intestines are not doing what they're supposed to or affected it really does affect the body globally so it's even also to focus on eliminating certain foods that might be aggravating to the digestive system temporarily allowing the system to heal and then reintroducing some things back one at a time to see what works for you and everybody is so individual. That's why when I coach clients, I tell them, don't demonize any food because there's a really good chance you'll be getting it back. So um, this process really worked for me. I was very, very inspired and I decided to go back to school and get certified in integrative nutrition because all the years when I was struggling, I kept looking like who can help me, especially who... F- who in the Orthodox community, who, who understands Shabbos and kosher and Yantif? And, you know, I knew there were health coaches and doctors in, there's few, they're, they're out there, like coaches and not even necessarily nutritionists, but people that can help you make these changes. But their lifestyle was so different than mine. So when I was doing this, I really was alone. And I would read other books from, like I said, you know, out there in the secular world and get ideas, even like what to eat and how to make, how to transform this into a normal Shabbos. So what did you take out of your diet? So I took out all grains, all sweeteners, um, soy, corn, nightshade vegetables, which are what, yeah. Explain what that is. Nightshades I know, I know are what it potatoes, is, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplant. What else did I take out? Um, tomatoes and nightshade. Yeah, I didn't know that. So there are other vegetables that um, have certain for some people who have like very bad arthritic issues, even like zucchini, mm-hmm. things like that. But what else did I take out? Uh, beans, beans, grains, corn. Dairy, soy, all sweeteners, and nightshades. It was seven. I remember it was like seven days a week. Wow. Um, and so, so what was so what was left? And um, unhealthy fats. And I really had to replace them with all the healthy fats. Okay. What are Explain the processed oils like vegetable oil, canola oil, margarine? Margarine. I haven't had margarine ma- in my house in right. Hydrogen. All the trans fats, regular mayonnaise, things like that. So it was like, what am I going to eat? And that's why when I heard about this, I was like. There is no way I'm doing this. This is impossible. Um, I had been off gluten. Let me preface by saying I had been off gluten um, 
at that point for probably six years. So I knew this idea that gluten. So right away you went off gluten. I had just... been off gluten when when I wasn't feeling well. I mean, it really started with my first, and it got worse and worse with each, with each pregnancy. And um, so after my th- when I was pregnant with my third, I went to my first alternative doctor. I had tried the medical route, so I'm like, let me open my mind to this. And it was interesting because that doctor, she actually told me everything I know today. And I looked at her and I said, like, there's no way I'm doing this. I said, pick three things. And she said, gluten, dairy, and eat organic eggs, which to me as a health coach, like that would so not be my third choice, but that was hers. So those were the three things I took on. And it did help. It definitely helped. So you don't eat gluten and you don't eat dairy? I don't, I don't, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, don't I could give that. up gluten in a heartbeat, but I love milk. I call so, myself, I to, I said this at Kosher Fest last week. I was at the, uh, you know, I don't, were you there? I saw yeah, you at sure, Kosher sure, Fest, sure. of course I saw you. That's how we yeah. decided to the show this week. Uh, uh, there was the milk mm-hmm. from the I've farm right that. next door to Pelopotri. Oh, they ha- they're having new Greek yogurt that's yeah, no yeah, but amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, I'm a milk sommelier. So a, a, a wine sommelier is someone who's an expert in wine and that has an acute palate and can tell all the flavors. I am like that with milk. I love milk. I don't know how I would give it up. So not everyone has to give up everything. And really, it's it's really a reset. It's a, an experiment. I tell my clients, use your body as your laboratory. So and I and truthfully, I don't take everybody off of of all the things that I mean, as a coach, I'm saying um, not everyone has to eliminate everything in the beginning. There is modified ways of doing it, which I'll get into in a minute when I talk about how my mixes started. Good. And then we're going to eat some cookies. Yes. Um, but um, it really is very, very individual. And definitely dairy is probably not one of the, you know, I would say if someone's saying I could do this, but I want to keep in dairy, we can even talk about which dairies are better and how to modify it and all that. But where are we up to in the story? We were talking about, yeah. So so anyways, I went to school and I got certified and I started working as a coach. And I was developing all these recipes because now I had all these limitations and I had to find new foods and new ways of eating. And I, I, started, I started playing in my kitchen. So I am not a chef. I never went to culinary school. I Me either. No, I really. <laughs> I took some courses. I just, I didn't take anything. I she just trained in her kitchen. I That's trained, the best kitchen. Yes. And I really, I just had to be willing to like venture out to new vegetables, new oils, like avocado yeah, oil. Yeah, we'll talk about oils. Oh, the fats, good, right. I wrote my notes, self yes, you talk. Yes. You said that, name the bad fats. Right. You know, just name, what are the good fat oils? So my favorite fat is avocado oil because it has a smire, a, a higher smoke point okay. um, than olive oil. And it's very benign in taste, which is why people like canola oil and vegetable oil because you really don't taste right. it in a product. Coconut oil. So coconut oil is all has much more of a, a stronger taste and though there's very very wonderful benefits to coconut oil and I am an advocate of coconut oil I don't think it can be used as um, excessively or as unlimited let's uh-huh. say as olive oil or avocado oil so, uh, if can you put avocado oil in challah absolutely I've never done it absolutely all of this has avocado oil everything Wow, they sell it at Costco now Bob. yes yes good? yes it's, it's amazing okay. yeah yeah the chosen foods one that's my favorite Okay, I'm gonna do, great. have to try to switch. I use a lot of extra virgin olive oil. Right. That's mine, but it gives a very strong taste to foods, and you really it. it it's, uh, for me like and my it. family, we're used to it, right? So in vegetables and things like that, but you wouldn't want to put avocado olive oil in a cookie, right? There's a recipe I had yesterday, uh, my bake sale that I ran uh, for Shale Sherrett. Um, Shifra Klein from Joy of Kosher bought over a recipe they developed for the Joy of Kosher or jamiegeller.com. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're called right now. They're transitioning. I can't wait to see big things happening there. But they made a bobcat with olive oil. Really? Right. Maybe it was light olive oil because – It could have been light. Yeah. It couldn't have been extra virgin because it wasn't it very strong. But it was yeah. – it's interesting to see that avocado oil and olive oil now being used a little bit in baking. Yes. Yeah, well, the avocado oil is great. Um, Can you and fry then- french fries in it? Yeah, yeah. We just I just made up a – well, I didn't. This A woman, one of the women, there's a bunch of women who bake – like in, independent bakers who have their own baking businesses are buying my mixes and selling gluten-free and grain-free baked goods with my we stuff. To talk about so this, this I woman, Devairi in Muncie, just developed a um, lot, not a latka, a donut, a, donut, a gluten-free and a grain-free donut recipe using my mixes using avocado oil. And oh I got, my god! And I got lots of tasters, and they're good. They're uh, really, I'm really good. I want to be one of your tasters. Okay, we're gonna have to start getting you some samples. Oh for sure. yeah! Well, you can start creating recipes. I'm gonna send you a bunch of my mixes, and you can start playing. This is basic. Well, let's get into how the mixes all began. Yeah, let's. So as a so so I'm a I'm an integrative you know nutrition consultant yep. at this point, and I'm helping clients, and I've got all these great recipes, and as a from person, you know. 
Shabbos comes Baruch Hashem every week and we need to wash. So even though I was eliminating grains during the week, for a very short time I was not washing on Shabbos, but it was very important to me and I discussed right. with my doctors. And yeah. so I, I needed to come up with a way to wash that Oat wasn't, flour. that didn't have ingredients in it that didn't work for me. So there's plenty of gluten-free flowers, uh, gluten-free challahs in the freezer section. Lots of wonderful companies are making them, but there was always at least one ingredient in the recipe that I couldn't eat. So I had to get creative, and I started playing around with the recipe. And every week, this is how my family would wash. We would wash for challah, and then, you know, we would taste it. And then it was analyzing, like, mm, it was better last week. It was sweeter. The consistency was better. The texture was better. Blah blah blah. Until I one week, my son goes, "Mom, this is good. Like, this is really, really good." Um, and that is how my gluten-free challah recipe was born. So how did it become a mix? So actually, I was giving the recipe out to clients. So those lucky ones of you who are from the early days actually have this recipe, but shh. Um, and actually, it changed a little since then. But um, no one wanted to make it. No one wanted to make the recipe because you first had to blend seven, seven dry or five, five or six dry ingredients before you even added the wet ingredient. So like, you know, when you make challah, you put in your wet ingredients, you throw in the flour, salt, sugar, whatever, you're done. Right, right. So it's, you know, it's work, but it's pretty reasonably, you know, it's, it's pretty reasonable. Here, you first had to blend a bunch of different kinds of flour in very specific amounts. Like some, some of the amounts are only a quarter of a cup, two and a half cups, a tablespoon, you know? So it's annoying. And you've got all these little bags and you've got to close everything up and then you know, mix it together for 10 minutes in your mixer before you even add the wet ingredients. <laughs> yeah. So nobody wanted to do it. So one of my clients really begged me. She's like, please, just make it for me and sell it to me. I'll buy it. T charge whatever you want. I know the, exp the ingredients are very expensive. Yeah, they are. And I started doing it. And she told someone and she told someone. And really, really, I thought I was going to, like, maybe sell 10 bags a week. And I was making, like... Five dollars, like whatever little you know, I was charging like you know above what, it, and I was buying the ingredients at retail in the grocery right, store, right? And that is really how it began. And you know, one person told another, and there really is such a demand for you know gluten free, but really healthy gluten free. Unfortunately, gluten free has sort of it's becoming a fad, just like the fat free fad. Like people think, oh, if it's gluten free, it means it's healthy. It's really not true. Like Coke is gluten free. Right. The, the oh, I'm with you on that. Like the, all the vegans I know are a little bit chubby. Yeah. Well, because they're eating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're eating so much. They're eating so much potatoes and potato and carbs and yeah. beans. That's all right. So I think one of the biggest problems with the gluten-free fad is that they're just replacing the wheat with garbage. Lots of starches and sugar, and it's nothing of right. value to the body, which is why I couldn't find a product that I was willing to eat. Um, so I made this mix, and it went in the market. I found a manufacturing company to make it. We designed first. We had temporary bags, and the brown I love bag. these bags. I is love them. Renee Muller, can you? Is she written all over this? Oh my god, I right? love her. Right, she's amazing. And we just did a photo shoot for my next. I have three new mixes coming out um, because. Over time, I started seeing a lot of diabetics and women with PCOS. PCO What's that? Yeah. PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. It is a really difficult I've heard of it. syndrome that many, many women have. It is really becoming rampant, and there really is no medical route that really can resolve it other than the women who have it often have infertility issues. They really cannot lose weight like really, really have a very difficult time losing weight. They could do all the, all the right things, and it just doesn't budge. They can get facial hair. They tend to get very broad. Sure, sure. Um, very bad acne. It's a very hard and you know, very irregular cycles. It, it's not an easy thing to have by any stretch. And the fertility aspect of it makes it very difficult, um, amongst other things. Right. And I studied it extensively, and I've had really wonderful success with clients um, in really creating a proper balance of their carbs, proteins, and fats. And it's like a whole, it's a whole system. You're amazing, Rory. I cannot, oh, I'm getting so much nachas out of you. Thank you. Um, wow, and thank God is... I've been able to really help a lot of women with this specific disorder. And actually those women were my inspiration for this, the, the next mixes that I came out with. And I want to show you them. So this is actually my gluten-free challah. This is, is that hamotzi? This is hamotzi. This is the challah roll. We're going to, is wash. this on, is there like video here? Can I, so 
It's pretty fluffy inside for gluten. That I mean, looks really good. Let's get a camera on that. So gluten-free, for any of you who know gluten-free, it's usually very dense, very hard. It doesn't usually have air pockets. So we really, really worked hard on finding, like just trying so many different brands of oat flour to really find one that would be the fluffiest. Also, most other gluten-free flours on the market, um, excuse me, gluten-free breads on the market only have 25% oats because that's the minimum you need halachically to wash. So that means that 75% of what you're eating is tapioca starch, potato starch, Rubbish. rice flour, garbage, and sugar. My mix has 55% oats. So you're getting a lot more of the whole grain. I can't eat it because I didn't wash yet. But, okay, I'm but this eat. one you can wash on. Okay. So then, I'm not wash on. Just no, bracha. this is shahaka. Okay, we'll get good. there in a second. I'm so gonna try. My, We're going to try that so one later. this is my gluten-free challah. Then because of all these wonderful women who really are just – so special and working so hard to keep their bodies healthy so that they could serve Hashem and do what they're supposed to do. I know, they're I so, I love them. I really, and they're really, and, and they want to wash on Shabbos and this is too high carb for them. And so I called my Rav and I said, what is the minimum amount, that's how I knew 25%, of oats that you can use to wash and bench? And he said, 25. I said, you know, I'll do 30 just to be on you the know, safe side. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> and then, this is there's nothing like this on the market. I actually cut one open in the morning. See how it still has air pockets. The other seventy percent of this mix is almond flour, coconut flour, arrowroot flour, which are all low glycemic, high healthy fats and proteins, which makes the the carb load so 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 much lower. So whereas a two ounce this is this and also this is a kazayas. This is the amount which everyone thinks you need to eat so much on Shabbos. This is it. You really hi. You really only need. Two ounces. So I make the rolls in 2.2 ounce raw ball, uh, you know, little balls, and they bake down to these little two ounce rolls. One roll is nine grams of net carb. According to what I've studied and the doctors that I've spoken to, someone with PCOS really should not eat more than 15 grams of carb at a time. And this challah enables them to wash and bench and still be able to have a little squash or carrots or some other vegetable at the meal, whereas eating this would put them way over the top. Not only is she beautiful, she's brilliant. She has Yira Shamayim. Rory, you are blowing me away. This is amazing. There's more. I've got. So, I could talk to. Actually, we're going to keep talking, but I could talk to you for hours. Well, sure. Because I've I've got a couple of questions which we'll do off camera. Okay, great. <laughs> I want to show you this. Product, okay, we, you let, can taste. It, can I eat this? This one you can. No. So oh, this is Hamotzi. See, Kay and I getting hungry, you yeah, know. Okay, we're good. We have all this is Mizonos. <laughs> so oh, then beauty. this, this is my, this is really revolutionary. This is a grain-free shahakal roll for people that are on a paleo diet, a ketogenic diet. So officially it has, it has yeast though. So I heard yeast is allowed for Pesach, but people say they don't do it because of something. I don't know. I, I asked. I think it's a problem, but okay. we can look into it. Anyway, there are people that really cannot eat oat at all, even in this small amount. Mm -hmm. Plus, for all my PCOS girls and my diabetics, they this is eight grams of net carb per roll. It has no grain. It is super high in protein and healthy fats. I added protein powder, egg white protein powder, to both of these mixes to up the protein, which always knocks down the carbs. And knocks down and makes you feel full. Makes you feel H full. Hence, full and free. And my endocrinologist, I don't want to quote his name without his permission, but he's a, he's a biggie. He's got a, he's really famous, and he did a case study where he gave his clients spelt or whole wheat matzah, a half of a board, which is the same carb load as one of these and he had them test their sugar levels and they were significantly lower with my oh. role because of the high protein and healthy fats so even though it has the same carb load the body metabolizes differently because of the fat and the protein oh my god so this is an amazing product i'm so excited for it to hit the market and this one is shahakal so this so you we're can gonna taste. break into it we're gonna yeah, yeah we'll look, make a little flight nice look, and, <gasps> it's better when it's warm <laughs> I like yeah. to warm it, but it's... Is he okay? Yeah. Here. I know what it tastes go. like. You guys enjoy. So this is Mizanot. Shahako. Shahako, amen. Amen. So now, let's say you're traveling and you want to have like a lunch, but you don't want to have to stop and wash and bench and something really filling. A roll even plain is filling enough, but put a little nut butter on it, some avocado, mm. a little tuna. I can't believe it. And it's way better when it's warm. Like toast it or warm it. I and it's... I'm already thinking make this toasty and some Right, Elias there. What a combo here. Seriously. Oh, now, wow. then my last mix, I'll just tell you quickly, is um, for those that don't want to be gluten-free or for those that are very health-minded and they want something for their kids that's 
that they'll eat. So a lot of kids won't eat whole wheat. It's brown. They don't like it. This is white spelt, which is lower glycemic, easier to digest. But it has, has gluten. Has gluten, but lower gluten than wheat. And it's white. It has no sugar. The recipe is with honey and has no eggs. So there's lots and lots of kids out there that have egg allergies. So many kids. So, so many I'm kids. More and, and I'll more. show you what this looks like inside. Regular also kala. Sh- also sh- no, hamotzi. This is hamotzi. So this is for kids who have egg allergies or wheat it. allergies. It just like challah. Smell it. Just like challah. Oh, my God. Just my like challah. So what's great about this is, you know, if a kid has an egg allergy and a wheat allergy, they take, I mean, they send this to school with some cream cheese or a turkey sandwich or whatever. Shabbos. I, I serve, this is the challah I make for Shabbos for my family and for guests. No one ever knows it's not regular. They love it. It's delicious. So this recipe I've been making for years. I actually blend spelt and coconut flour, which also lowers the glycemic load a little bit. What's glycemic? Let's for okay. the listeners that don't Thank know. You. Glyce- I'm, I'm not exactly sure. sure myself. It's something about the sugar index right, in your right. body. How quickly? So there's, you know, our body does need sugar. We do need sugar. Um, but different sugars metabolize differently, and different sugars will spike our insulin levels faster. Okay. So something that has a lower glycemic load will spike your insulin levels much. It's, it's like a slower, steady, you know, up, you know, like, you know, you get the glucose, the body goes up and then like it goes slightly down as opposed to like when you eat like white sugar or like white potatoes or white bread has a much higher glycemic load. So it's going to force your body to produce more insulin faster. And insulin is really the hormone that stores our fuel as fat and why people gain weight. We've been told since the 1980s that fat makes you that fat makes you fat it's not fat makes you full healthy fats and it's the carbs that tell your body to metabolize your food food as as fat about a year ago maybe two years ago and i have discussed this before the time magazine Mm -hmm. wrote an article about butter Mm -hmm. in the 1960s and 70s they said butter's out eat cereal for breakfast no more eggs for breakfast no more butter and eggs they took that away and they said, let's give America sh- cereal loaded with and, carbs and, and what sugar. what has happened to America? We got diabetes. We got so diabetes. Rather, rather, we became obese. Do you know that the rate of autoimmune disease, autoimmune disease is when the body attacks itself, which is all the arthritis. much higher. All the, di- all the colitis, Crohn's, all, a diabe- all of these things are all autoimmune. They ha- there is more autoimmune disease in this country than heart disease and diabetes com- and, right. and combined. Right. So we've really, you know. So 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 now they take back their study with yeah. that. So well, eat the, some butter, eat some fat. I have don't a, eat so much sugar and carbs. So cereals out, yeah. eggs and butter's back. Yeah. So I actually I'm I'm creating all these like lines for you know for my Instagram post. So one of them I just found a quote from a doctor. I don't remember the name, but it's on the post where he says the biggest we the biggest mistake we've made in in the history of science is the fat free, you know, concept, the low fat concept. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I if, Look, bottom line is, and we all agree on this, we're talking before with Eliezer, everything moderation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I eat a lot of food. I'm eating out all the time. I, I, I actually have accountability, and I think that's a huge word It that, is that people and it's need also, to know. You know, it's also knowing how to combine foods in the right way so that you don't overproduce insulin and that you do feel more satisfied and more even. There's room for everything in a healthy, balanced diet, but it's really learning your body and what works well for you so that you can take care of yourself. It's not about deprivation. It's about actually indulging in self-care. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to show that. you what else. So these, okay. so as my we, mixes. As we've got about two fine, minutes left. Fine. We've got okay. So and these are the goodie parts. So the besides the fact that all my mixes Dessert make time. bread, they also make pastries. So these I created these recipes, but I'm challenging all of the foodie women out there, all the cooks and all the chefs, and to, all the listeners on the yes, Nachum Siegel Network, to take my mixes and try to create something else with them. So these chocolate chip cookies are made with the Oto mix. So this is this is really flour. It's a flour That's not blend. like a Duck and Hines mix. You have to add no, oil you, and eggs, and you have challah. Exactly. You add oil, eggs, honey, yeast. You're, so it's the blend of the flours that I blended together that will create this fluffy texture and the health benefits of these mixes. So if I want to make you're adding Color. water, and honey, you have the and yeast. On the back. Yes, yes. Then you add eggs, oil, apple cider vinegar, which makes it a I love fluffier. it. Yeah, and yeah. then you add in the the mix. Oh, so it's just like you would make. There is salt in it. I do add the salt. Ah, um, gotta have salt. And then these brownies are actually made with the low carb mix. So it's low carb brownies. And this is kakash cake, which I basically just took. <gasps> I Look took at that the, swirl. I took the dough. I took the dough for the, I think this is the low-carb one also. And then inside I put um, coconut oil, coconut what? sugar, and cocoa. Yeah. And I, I roll it just like a regular kakash cake. 
So this enables people with allergies, with, you know, glycemic, you know, metabolic sensitivities, digestive issues to have their bread and cake and cookies and brownies and eat it too and feel great. I love that. Oh, my God. ZK. Yeah. You want? Yeah. No, we, we, we eat together. Good. These are Mizonos. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I thought they'd be Shehako. No, no. Okay, I'll make it. Because it's oat. Anyway, this is fantastic. Yeah. Rory, thank you so much. Thank you. you so I'm on, so I'm on Instagram, full and free. I have a website. My new one is coming up, uh, hopefully very soon, fullandfree.com. Full and free, not and. and. Full and. And free. And these mixes are available on Amazon. And this mix is in most, in many, many grocery stores, over 50 stores. There's a list on my website. And the new mixes hopefully are coming out within the next few months. Very excited about that. And, and my health coaching program, I do a full and free complete program. You can so learn more about it on my website. Okay, fullandfree.com. Thank you so much, Rory. So it's great back, being back with you in the Lower East Side. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Coming up next, we have the Air of Shabbat show with Mark Zomik, which is Thursday at 7 and right after Table for Two today. We have music after that, sponsored by our awesome friends at Kedem. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Take care. Bye. Bye.